Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, which uh, for one day uh, during the year, we actually switch over to football because of on Saturdays, it's usually the, uh, the last few rounds of the NFL draft here. And right now we are currently, it looks like at 145, and the Packers will be in the clock here. Uh, maybe within the uh, within the hour, we will see it. We will report that live. But uh, joining me once again is Polish pipe bomb Jeff Orlowski, and of course we do have a podcast we call the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast, where we talk about current uh, Packers news and also usually give a little bit of Packers history with that podcast. Jeff, how you doing, sir? Oh, pretty good, Steve. Pretty good. Packers draft is still awful so far. Well, I teased this in the first hour, and, um, you know, okay, I understand the Jordan Love pick. And, okay, you want to go in that direction. You know, I, there's a lot. It's really easy to say, oh, it's just like 2005. Well, there's a couple variables in there. Uh, one is that Jordan Love was not the second-ranked or second-ranked player on uh, you know, on the board at that time. And he was, I've seen him on, on the mock drafts and a lot of the boards, anywhere between 15 and, and 30, right in that range. So value pick, if you want to say that, fine. They got him where they, they actually traded up, which is a concern. Uh, they, they went from 30 to 26. And there's some, uh, uh, or and there's some concern that, the, you know, why did they do that? Well, there, I guess there's some concern with the, either the Colts or the Patriots who have a lot of picks in this draft, uh, trading up and jumping on them. But, uh, I guess my question to you, Jeff, if, if that happens, do you let him just do that? And if he falls to 30, you just take him at 30. Yeah, you know, there was no reason to trade up for him. But, um, you know, for a team that got their doors blown off by the uh, 49ers in the NFC Championship game and got their doors blown off by the same Niners earlier in the season, this was a team that, you know, 
didn't seem like they were that far away. And there were holes that needed to get plugged. You lose Belago, you lose all the tackles that Blake Martinez uh, gave you and everything like that. There were good linebackers out there that uh, that could have made a difference um, this upcoming season for the Packers to, uh, to fill a, a definite area of need. Uh, Queen was on the board who, you know, that guy's quick and uh, a tackle machine and all that. And there were impact players. Now, the Packers spend their first three picks on a backup quarterback, a third-string running back, and a third-string tight end. How in the hell does that make your team any better? And it seems you look at the Minnesota Vikings, for example, they lose Stephon Diggs, so they spend their first pick on Jefferson, the wide receiver out of LSU, so they replace Diggs with a younger, cheaper version. And Jefferson's got so much talent that, you know, Stephon Diggs is great. But the drop-off isn't that immense, where the Packers have gotten nothing but uh, project guys and bench warmers. Everybody says that uh, Jordan Love needs to sit for at least a couple years. So he's a, he's a project. And the sitting for a couple years is fine. We saw how that worked out with Aaron Rodgers. That's how teams used to groom their next quarterback. And, uh, you know, you you see time and time again, these guys get drafted high, get thrown right into the fire, and they end up being the quote-unquote draft bust. So I've got no problem with that. But this is a team that was knocking on the door last year, and uh, they're just they're going backwards. You know, I understand the the pick. Uh, you know, those that, that are defending it is you know David Bakhtiari uh, tweeted that you know Aaron Rodgers is about to be on fire. You know, and we've seen this drop off. I, I guess the, the most dis, disconcerting uh, stat that we and we've talked about this in the podcast is his uh, you know yards per pass, which has dropped almost a full. Uh, I believe yard yard and a half over the last couple of years. Now is that part of the system? Of course, yeah. And that, and we see that Mike Clemens also tweeted is we can see there's definitely a change in philosophy on the offensive side, and that goes into their second round draft pick too. Which, I mean, you know, you guy, there's people. I was watching the ESPN NFL draft uh, coverage. And I'm seeing all this stuff. I mean, people were talking about this, about, you know, see, I, I joked to my wife. I said, wow, look at that. It seems like every draft pick had a relative die that, that died. You know, of course, you know, all these, like, I don't care about that. I don't care about all this other stuff. I just want the people that are watching the draft, I want juice. So I switched over to YouTube. I sent you the tweet, too, the Pro Football Focus. And what I liked about them is they, they were given opinions. You know, I joke, I always joke that, you know, and ESPN, they love every draft pick. Well, these guys, you know, you know, and, and there's, there's pros and cons of pro football focus. And I've had talks with Sparky about this. And sometimes, you know, they, they think, they think they're a little too smart at times. I understand that. But when that draft pick happened, they were literally laughing and uh you know it, it it's just embarrassing uh let me see the quote here that they 
He said, um, well, for, first of all, of course, we're talking about A.J. Dillon. Uh, they, they gave out the grades, and you, you look at uh, the, the grades, you know, they had Denzel Mitchell or Denzel Mims going to the Jets, grade A, uh, Josh Uchi going to the Patriots, who they traded up for, edge rusher, and A, Christian Fulton, who dropped to Tennessee, the cornerback, he got an A, A.J. Dillon, C+. Plus, and then the next pick, the Chiefs, Willie Gay Jr., linebacker from Mississippi State, A minus. And I, you know, my buddy Terry texted me that I said, "Well, you know, that's really bad because you know what? They don't give out C minuses, Ds, or Fs. So, <laughs> C, you know, a C is pretty much as low as you can go. So, and and the 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 the, the, the pro football focus guys were were literally laughing, going, "What is this? 1980? You're you're drafting a guy with that much size." Now there's some there's you know if you wanna say it's a thunder and lightning backfield with the Packers that's fine but uh, also one uh, a text message I received is this this guy has already has 845 carries in college he comes with high mileage and with the premium of of, of, of service so limited on running backs it this this draft pick certainly gives you concern doesn't it yeah it does and uh, Mike Clemens was talking about that last night. He uh, went on the draft show on the fan with uh, Bart and Ryan Horvath uh, and talked about his uh, his huge workload and everything like that that he had at Boston College. Now, there's questions about his pass-catching ability out of the backfield, and Dylan explained that away, saying that just that wasn't the style of the Boston College offense. And so it was more of a lack of opportunity than it was the fact that he struggles catching the ball out of the backfield, whether you believe him or not is, you know, here or there. But, uh, but yeah, now the fact that, um, you know, that, that people are laughing, uh, on, on the draft picks that, uh, that the Packers have taken you, if you look at, and obviously grading a draft, the day after the night, you know, that it wrapped up or the day after or even a year after is silly because we're not going to know for three or four years whether these guys are any good um, impact players or whether they're quote-unquote busts and they totally suck. But when you look at every single site that has draft grades, there is not one site that does not list the Green Bay Packers as the biggest losers so far in the draft. And no one knows what direction they're heading. They're headed in. Yeah, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not getting any younger. Uh, you know, you mentioned the drop-off and the, the yards per attempt have gone down. But look at who he's throwing the ball to. You know, when Alan Lazard is your second-best receiver after Devontae Adams, the gap between Devontae and Lazard is, you know, the Pacific Ocean. And it's just he's throwing to nobody. And it's just it's ridiculous. You don't take a receiver. You don't take anybody to help the defense. You don't take a run stuffer, even though you allowed – 8,000 uh, rushing yards to the 49ers. You don't take anybody to make up for the tackles that Blake Martinez uh, made. 
So it just, like I said, I'm I'm completely dumbfounded. I don't know anything that has explained the direction they're going in, with the exception of they must be, just be blowing this whole thing up and starting a complete rebuild. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to be just furious, absolutely furious. They haven't drafted a skill position guy since they drafted Aaron Rodgers in the you know with the first round pick, and they finally do, and it's a backup backup quarterback project. So I just I don't understand it, and I'm I'm just completely baffled. Yeah, it, it is. A, you know, like I said, you draft Jordan Love. Packer fans can get behind that if your second and third round picks are solid ones. But they were both reaches. And, uh, you know, the only positive thing I found, and he's been on the the big show, and it's uh, Dan Shanka from Our Lads. Uh, and this is what he wrote about um, A.J. Dillon. Uh, Green Bay just hired a freight train. Uh, Dillon is an imposing figure that carries a majority of weight below the waist. His quads the size of a man's waist, thick all over, moves fast in a straight line, will be aggressor in space, will push piles with his power and balance, which is fine. You want to draft this kid, that's fine. But let's draft him in the third round and let's get, you know, uh, that that run stopper that you're talking about in the, in the second round, a solid pick, you know, uh, you know, I just a lot of a lot of the uh, the 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 uh, the, the uh, draft the, the mock drafts were uh, looking at um, uh, the kid from Missouri, the defensive tackle, and you know, it's like, or, you know, Matabuki was another one uh, people were looking at, and it's like that that would have been such a, a, a stronger pick, I think, in, in, in the second round. And then if you want to draft A.J. Dillon in the fourth, you know, in the fourth round, if you don't trade that pick, fine. But two reaches in the second and third round uh, is very disconcerting. Uh, yeah, let's take a tight end in the third round that they took. He had on many different sites a sixth round yeah, great. You know, he was expected to go in in round six, and the Packers take him in round three. So just reaching all over the place, and what they've done is just, its so far, it's brutal. Mitch, what do you think about the Packers draft so far? (laughs) It's not good, Jeff. Um, It's, I mean, clearly, you know, they're, they're a game away um, I mean, obviously they weren't very close to San Francisco, but uh, a game away from the Super Bowl, and they don't do anything to get better now. And I think you have Packers head coach Matt LaFleur's fingerprints all over this draft, Jeff. I, I think that it's something that they're clearly almost drafting as if there won't be a season this year. And, um, you know, Jordan Love is not going to be probably in the picture for a year or two. We'll see what happens there. Obviously, that's going to be something that's discussed ad nauseum on this station and uh, other other avenues around the country uh, coming up in the next few years. And they haven't done anything to fill any immediate needs. And it cost them a pick to move up. They have nothing so far today. It's uh, I mean, I guess the only way you can come to terms with it is if you think about the fact that Matt Lafleur is is getting is getting his guys to to 
change the offense, I guess, in a way that would probably benefit Aaron Rodgers as as he ages, as they shift to a run-heavy offense, um, sort of like the way they got beat in the NFC Championship game. I think that would be uh, in a perfect world for Matt LaFleur as he kind of came from that coaching tree as well where, you know, run to open up the pass. Um, I guess that's the only way you can kind of make heads and tails of it. Yeah, but didn't don't you have the pieces in place for next season already to do that with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? You got thunder and lightning right there. You got uh, Aaron Jones coming off a career year, and you got Jamal Williams who is good as hell as well. So it just uh, you know, like I said, I I just don't understand it, and uh, you know they haven't. I never thought I would miss the days where Ted Thompson, you knew his first-round pick, was going to be horrible. But at least he made up for it in the later rounds. Yeah. Uh, I miss those days where we would draft some random kid out of uh, UCLA. And, you know, most of the time they would suck. But every now and then you'd catch lightning in a bottle. But uh, compared to uh, what we've taken in the last two days, uh, give me uh, give me one of Ted's drafts. People wanting Ted Thompson back is truly poetic. It certainly is. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, Ted Ted was always the guy in the first round would would draft a guy out of position or trying to convert him to another position, and it, this is certainly frustrating. It, it's almost as if when they traded, I, you know, I, looking at this, it's almost as losing that fourth round trick pick really screwed him up because. You wonder if these are the two guys they had locked in in the fourth round, and they panicked and they they they, they reached for them, you know. And I just I I I can't think of any other way to explain it other than it's it, it's just a, a chain reaction, uh, buffoonery going up on in uh, Green Bay. I just am shaking my head. It is, and if this blows up in their face like I fully expect it to, Mark Murphy had better be on that hot seat, that worthless, do-nothing, quote-unquote, board of directors up in Green Bay better wake up and get off their ass and throw this guy out because besides building a, quote-unquote, real cool sledding hill up there, uh, he has done nothing. He was in charge when the rift happened between Ted and McCarthy and uh, the whole problems between Rodgers and McCarthy. And now he's in charge looking over this complete crap sandwich that the Packers are laying in the draft this year as well. So it is time to take a serious look on Mark Murphy and the fact that I think sooner, a hell of a lot sooner rather than later, he needs to go. All right, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with uh, Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Show mornings on 105.7 FM. The Fan coming up next after this. We're talking NFL draft as we do uh, every April this time of the year. Uh, Packers will be on the clock here. Don't know if they're going to get to their pick before 2 o'clock, but uh, we do want to kind of get some feedback from some of the people here at 105.7 FM, the fan, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the Bart Winkler Show. It is Bart Winkler. Thanks for joining. 
Oh, my God, this draft is terrible. What are we doing? You know, I, I mentioned in, in the in the previous segment, I thought maybe, you know, I, I think where this 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 shipwreck starts is when they trade that fourth-round draft pick because it almost seems like, you know, when, when they drafted uh, Dylan in the tight end, it's like those are the two guys they had penciled in in the fourth round, and they're like, we, we got to get this guy. You know, I mean, how much better is this draft, Bart? If they draft, let's say the, the Logan Wilson from Wyoming, uh, or, or or they get you know the, the Justin kid from uh, Missouri. I mean, was there a way to save this draft in the second and third rounds? I don't think so because I think what they did in the first round was show you that it's not this draft is not about 2020, and I think that Jordan Love was their guy. Now, what it seems like they're doing on day two last night with the, the H-back, who, I mean, they, he'd still be on the board. And A.J. Dillon might actually still be on the board. That theory about not having a fourth-round pick is a good one. I'm going to steal that on Monday. Um, and I think what they're doing is they're either looking at guys that can replace guys that are not going to be here in a couple of years, whether it's Rodgers for age or whether it's Aaron Jones, if you don't extend him. And then the other thing they're doing is they're completely trying to change the offense to be more of the Matt LaFleur style that he was with with Kyle Shanahan. So they're taking this draft and trying to bring in pieces to, when they were a game away from the Super Bowl, build for a totally different offense that probably won't look like how they want it to look for a couple of years. And, and it's shocking for a lot of people, and it should be, because this team, whether they were 13-3 and three deserved to be or not, you know, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. They're in a division that they should be able to win again. And then you have Aaron Rodgers. So they still, you, you make a couple of selections and you should have been fine or at least given yourself a chance to compete. You see teams like the Niners having an incredible draft this weekend. Actually, to be honest with you, I look at every other team, and I, I like every other team. I like what every other team is doing for their own team, except for the Packers right now. Yeah, you wonder if if it's a situation where, you know, there was speculation on them maybe, maybe taking Kenneth Murray. Do they take uh, the kid from Arizona State, the wide receiver? And, but I, I, I agree with you. I think they were focusing on Jordan Love. Uh, from the beginning, which is odd because you know it's funny they 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 interview him at the combine in that and and I, we know Gary Ellerson always jokes that you know the Packers never draft the people they interview and I you know I I made that I, I think I tweeted that earlier uh, you know in 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 the week that nah they're not gonna take Jordan Love because they interviewed him it'll be some somebody out of left field somewhere but go figure well what's interesting too is that you know we get to see into these guys' homes. And we get to see the reaction. And these, I mean, I, I haven't seen Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds this happy. They're getting the guys that they want. Um, so that's what you have to do in a draft. It's just that the guys that they want, based on what we know as the casual fan, they're getting them earlier than we probably expected them to go. And they're, again, they have a different philosophy than what you would expect a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl to have. Anytime you're one game away from the Super Bowl and you bring back most of the roster, you find pieces to fill those holes that will get you to the Super Bowl. 
And this team completely decided to pivot. And it seemed like Gudikins and LaFleur knew they were going to do this all along. And they took us, the rest of the fan base, and maybe even the players, by surprise. Is this team going to be more like the 2008 Packers? Oh, with Rodgers? No, with Rod. I mean, I mean, are they? Are we going to see that much of a step back? I mean, it's, you know, you wonder. You know, remember the Bears? Was that 2002? Remember where they they were getting all the runbacks and special teams, and they were winning these games they should not have. And they they won the division. They were 13 and three, and everybody's going, they're not that good. Oh, could, the Packers could the Pack- beat them twice. Yeah, you know, and but the you know, and and you look at what the Bears did. They were 13 and three. Uh, and they're like they're not that good of a team. And then the following year, they're like six and ten or whatever it was. Are we in danger of seeing the same thing with the Packers this year? What was interesting to me is the Vegas odds dropped a whole win before all of this. I don't know if you guys saw that they were nine and yeah. a half over under, and went down to eight and a half. And you thought, well, what 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 could possibly have changed? And we're seeing it now that now if that line swing went, I would completely get it because. What have they really done to make themselves better? Again, one game away. So we think, all right, you did get trucked by San Fran. Get some run stoppers. Get a receiver. The, re- the positions that we all agree they needed, receiver, offensive line, linebacker, and then maybe defensive line. They haven't gotten any of those guys yet. No, they, they, went, they, went, they went a quarterback, a running back, and a tight end. If we were like to play a match game before the draft and say who's – who who's gonna have this draft? There's no way in hell we would have predicted that the we would have matched this one with the Packers. It doesn't make sense based on what we all know they needed to continue to be successful and to improve on their success last year. So yeah, they 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 probably are gonna take a step back because in the draft and in free agency, they've done very little to improve where they were a year ago, and that's what's so startling for a lot of people. Well, yeah, can, Green Bay is lucky that Chicago and Detroit are still in the division because they have taken a monumental setback from the Minnesota Vikings going into this season. And I think Minnesota's having a fantastic draft for themselves, uh, both with Jefferson, the offensive lineman that they took. They are getting players that will make a difference this upcoming year and players that will help them make that step to leapfrog the Packers for the division title. So, oh, oh yeah, the Vikings be... are having a good draft, guys. And so is really everybody else, honestly. Well, Oakland, you know, has taken three, three wide receivers already. Um, you know, that seems a, a little odd. But, uh, but yeah, no, most most teams are, are just killing it, and, uh, and we are not. I can definitely see Green Bay taking a step back. I wouldn't be surprised. If uh, if we're looking at a seven and nine, eight and eight season, it's just they didn't do much to improve. So I don't know if the drop off could be. I don't know if the drop off will be that much, but I maybe. I mean, what we're going to find out is how good this team is with a legitimate schedule. The schedule last year was pretty soft, right? And they yeah, were but, still winning those know, games. Bart, you look at it. Balaga's gone. Uh, they don't get anybody to to step in on the offensive line. Uh, or, you know, work on any of the depth there. You lose all the 100-plus tackles of Blake Martinez, uh, and you've got a, a tight end out of Cincinnati. Uh, he's not going to tackle anybody. So it just 
they've they've taken a huge step back. What do you guys think that they like? What can what can the Packers draft today to improve their team for twenty twenty? Because you're in the fifth round now. None of these guys are going to be starters. I mean, even if they, I don't know what wide receivers are left. Quintez Cephas, all right, Quintez Cephas. We, uh, we'd all suddenly be joyed if we took Quintez Cephas. But this, this is the deepest wide receiver class ever. That means get a guy in round two or three, not wait until round five. And then even if they do that, they've passed up on these linebackers again. And we should have saw that coming when they passed up on T.J. Watt. This team does not like drafting linebackers high anymore. That's just not something that they do. They might pay some. Oh, then I remember Rashawn Gary, but he's like a five-year project. So they are they are building for the future, man. And and that's what's so discouraging is that we thought they were so close, and the Packers are telling us, yeah, we're not as close as you guys think we are. It certainly seems that way. I mean, you know, okay, yeah, here's the case in point. You do, they do Gary last year, young kid, a lot of upside. Okay, that's fine. But then you do Dylan who has over 800 carries in college and his high mileage is 23. You know, you lose three years there. So. And then they draft Bart's buddy with the bleached blonde hair. <laughs> I did used to do that in eighth grade. I did put sun in, in my hair. But maybe, what about, I joked on this theory Thursday, but maybe it is real. Maybe they don't think there's going to be a season this year without uh, COVID-19 has spread. Maybe they're like, you know what, there might not be a college season next year. Maybe there'll be an NFL season, but there might not be a college season. So we know we like these guys in our changing offense, so let's get the guys that we know we like. Because I would never have thought that I'd even float that, that, that sort of thing on the Saturday of this draft. But this draft has been so weird and so just not what we anyone was expecting. I mean, it's not just... Oh, dumb Packer fans. It's smart Packer fans. It's national media. It's personnel departments of other teams. Nobody understands what Green Bay is doing, except for Green Bay, and they're taking a big risk here. They're, they're saying, we're, we know what we're doing. It's going to be a while before it's, it works, but we're starting to change this offense, and we're getting the guys for the next chapter of Green Bay football when we don't think that they should be closing the book on this current chapter. Yeah, and I was completely floored last night, Bart, when uh, Gary Ellerson came on the draft show that you and Ryan Horvath did. And fantastic show last night. That was great. Um, but Gary Ellerson is completely baffled as well. And, you know, if you listen to the big show or see any of the Twitter fights that me and Gary always have, uh, I consider him up there with Leroy as a Packers homer who will go out of his way to defend silly things that Green Bay does. And even he couldn't come up with any excuse on uh, or any reason of, you know, what the hell they're doing. So Gary, that, that boggled my mind. Gary Ellerson was texting me during the show the same kind of things he said on air, how he doesn't get it. And with Ellerson, I never know if this guy's like, joking or not. He's, he's, he's a very hard guy to read. Is this sarcastic? Are you messing with me? I mean, what are you doing? But then when he when he when he took the initiative to call in, we didn't book him. He just called four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty to complain. 
Because that, that's, that's what this is. That's how shocking this draft has become. Yeah, and out of the you know 100 calls you took last night, Bart, how many were positive? One? I Was there one? There might have been, but I couldn't tell if the guy was joking, drunk, or, you know, what. So, I mean, again, uh, I don't mind, like, like Jordan Love. I don't, I'm not terribly upset that Jordan Love is on the football team I like. And A.J. Dillon, all right, he's on the football team I like. I, that's, that's fine. These guys, I can get behind the players. But what I can't get behind is the, the rationale with what they were taking. And, and why they were taken. If, if the Packers were starting from scratch, if nobody had a roster coming into this draft, then you could say, all right, the Packers are, are clearly building a team that's going to be run-centric, and they want a quarterback that can fly right into the system that Matt LaFleur and Shanahan and all these guys have developed. And you'd say, okay, that makes sense. But they're, they're doing that while they already have Aaron Rodgers and a team that needs just maybe a couple of positions to be filled to get back to where they were last year. So it's almost like they don't know their roster. If you are a Jordan Love guy or an A.J. Dillon guy or a a Jebediah Dawson guy or whoever the hell that third guy was, if if you're a fan of those guys, that is fine. But the way with how they're drafting these guys, reaching for them based on what we think the board is, and then trying to completely pivot the way that they run a football team and the personnel that they have, they're trying to change it on the fly here. It it is very shocking. And so this is a 2020 draft with very little, if no desire to make the team better in 2020. You you took a backup quarterback, a third string running back and a third string tight end. And, And that's what you took or a first string or second string fullback. I mean, when I'm reading that our third-string comp is Danny Vitale, who they just let walk away for some reason, if you want Danny Vitale so much, why didn't you just keep Danny Vitale and then draft somebody in the third round that would be more of an impact player? How, how, many, how many big plays is this guy going to make this year for this football team, this tight end out of Cincinnati? Very, very little, if any. And so that's, that's where the frustration is. Well. How much how much better is this draft if they stay at 30 and let's say they get Jordan Love? That's fine. But you keep that fourth-round draft pick and they bring in, uh, let's say, in the second round, like, like what what you said, bring in whether it's Willie Gay, Logan Wilson, you bring in a tight end or Matt Abuke from Texas A&M, and then you get A.J. Dillon in the third round, and then the tight end in the fourth round, I think Packer fans are like, okay, eh, you know, but they can live with it. But well, I, I just, it goes back to that fourth round. Losing that fourth round just seems to screwed everything up for them. I, I think it, I think it got screwed up when they took Jordan Love because when they took Love, and this is the same thing they did last year. You have the first round, you have a 12 overall pick, and you took a guy that wasn't going to have a big impact on you in 2019 in Rashawn Gary. Now I do like Gary, and I think that sitting behind Preston and Zadarius. I think he's. I think he will end up having a good career with Green Bay, but that, that was not a move to be good right away. So that was a long-term move. And then as soon as they took Jordan Love in round one, where you could have got a number of receivers, inside linebacker. I mean, if you're going to trade up, I thought they were trading up for Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. 
even a lineman at that point last night. I was I was hoping they would bring in an offensive tackle like Josh Jones out of Houston or somebody. But what they've done, and, and they did it with Love, so they, if you're going to take Jordan Love, if you're going to use your first-round pick on a guy that is not going to help you in 2020, then you might as well spend the rest of the draft picking guys to help you when Jordan Love's going to be your quarterback. Because they, they already decided with that first-round pick, and I think they totally got the guy they wanted. And they even were so worried they weren't going to get him, they had to trade up for it that the draft completely went away from me there. Yeah, I'm with you, Bart. I think they blew it in round one. And, uh, you know, there's nothing that they can do uh, today to recover from it. The only hope that the Packers have to make their team better is that not only are some impactful veterans released from a bunch of teams' rosters, but that Green Bay and uh, is able to afford them. And, that these guys are, you know, they, they can scoop up and get them on the absolute dirt cheap market and bring them in and, and hope they make a difference. And uh, I think we've seen time and time again in the NFL that that's usually not a recipe for success. And a lot of those guys that get picked up, the veterans that have been cast off from different organizations, do not go to new teams and make a huge impact uh, in that upcoming season. Yeah, I don't know what they can do today. I mean, unless somehow they trade all their picks for one guy that can start next year, I don't know. I, I'm watching it. I mean, I'm going to be interested to see who they take and if these guys will make the roster. They still got a lot of picks today, which I was hoping they'd trade some of those picks up, trade them, get an impact guy. I just, I, I mean, if we're not going to come out of this draft with one guy that can start next year, what are we doing? What was the point? And I, so I, I get the long play, but I don't agree with it being the time for the long play. Well, good stuff, uh, Bart. We certainly appreciate you taking time out and joining the show and uh, look forward to listening to you on uh, Monday mornings on the Bart Winkler Show. Thanks, boys. Have a good rest of your weekend. Yeah, All right, thank you. That was Bart's triumphant return. He used to, uh, used yes, to be he did. on the final inspection show. Back in the day. So I tell you what, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll come back with uh, Mayor Mitch, uh, Jeff Orlowski, and myself, Steve Zaki, and the final inspection show as we're talking about NFL Draft on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I would do anything for love. I'll never let you in that so Welcome back to the final inspection show, talking NFL draft here. As we are on pick, uh, let's see, Redskins picking at 162. And the Packers' next pick, I believe, is at 185. And the way the things uh, the way things are going, we're not going to get it before the 175, end of the show, yep. 175. But, yeah, it doesn't look and like I, it. Yeah, it don't, doesn't look like it. And the way they're picking, I don't think it really matters anyways at this point. Let, let's, uh, Ross Tucker. Uh, let's get his uh, feedback uh, what he said on Friday uh, regarding uh, Packers pick Jordan Love. First of all, the value of taking a quarterback 
in round one in the draft is that you get him on the cheap during their rookie contract. Well, heck, I mean, after his third year, he's already eligible for a new deal like some of these guys have gotten. And I just don't think that you make this move unless you are pretty sure you're going to move on to Jordan Love in the next year or two. Now, I don't think the Packers will say that, but why else would you make this move? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, is there a chance, I suppose, that Rodgers plays really, really well and maybe they end up trading Love instead? I suppose, but I don't think so. I I think that Rodgers is kind of on the clock now, and maybe the Packers feel like that's part of the value that they get in it is that Rodgers will be supremely motivated to prove to them that they did the wrong thing and that Rodgers will play at a really high level perhaps. But it seems pretty clear to me that I think Rodgers has two more years max with the Packers at this point. I'm stunned by it. I mean, you know, if you're a Bears fan, I think you should be thrilled because I think that there is going to be some really hard feelings in Green Bay. If you're Aaron Rodgers, he desperately wants to get to a second Super Bowl. And look at what they did this offseason, guys. I mean, they let Blake Martinez and Brian Balaga go in free agency, and instead they really downgrade with Ricky Wagner and Christian Kirksey, a couple of guys that have been released by their team. So they did that because the Packers are playing the compensatory pick game, which means they'll get more picks in 2021. That'll be like third, fourth round picks. Those are guys that will probably help them in 2022. I mean, most of the moves the Packers are making appear to be geared for 2022, 2023. I'd be furious if I was Aaron Rodgers, even some of the other guys like a David Bakhtiari, that they're doing this. And I know a lot of people are comparing it to when they drafted Aaron Rodgers when they had Brett Favre. To me, there's a bunch of differences. One, Favre was talking about retirement all the time. Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play into his 40s. Secondly, you know, when when they did it with Favre, quarterbacks weren't even playing that well into their late 30s. Everything's changed now. Brady and Breeze. There's no reason to think Rodgers at 36 can't play four or five more years or at least play out his contract. And by the way, also, they didn't just sit there and have Jordan Love fall into their lap, guys. They traded up. They went and got Jordan Love. A lot of differences in my mind between this and when they drafted Rodgers. Yeah, I have to agree with uh, Ross Tucker. Of course, Ross Tucker on the score, talking about the Jordan Love pick on Thursday. Uh, he's a radio.com sports insider. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I is is Aaron Rodgers going to be on this team in two years or three or after? Does he just have two more years on this team, uh, Mitch? <laughs> That's a really good question. I mean, it sure seems like that. And one thing I thought of today was, you know, the 49ers, they basically have have loaded up to the point where Jimmy G can't fail, right? Right. But what if what if he kind of does over the next couple of years? Do they come calling Green Bay and maybe send uh, Aaron Rodgers home at some point in the next couple of years? Is that something that maybe that maybe happens? I don't know. But the Packers are probably preparing themselves for I don't know. What if Aaron Rodgers in, in, has another concussion? Or if he gets hurt. You know, or if he gets I, hurt. I, you know, I understand the pick, but I just don't like losing that fourth-round draft pick because it just seems like it caused a chain reaction. It, what about you, Jeff? 
I don't understand the pick at all because um, there are going to be probably five or six different quarterbacks that are going to come out of the draft uh, into next year's draft that are going to be better than Jordan Love. So you could have sat there and got an impactful linebacker or a receiver or one of your other needs in the first round this year, knowing that the quarterback class is deep and better next season than it is this year, and you could have got a better quarterback next year if you were that hell-bent on getting somebody in the first round. Yeah, I got to agree with you with that, Jeff. Uh, real quick before we leave, we got a few more minutes here. Uh, watching the draft on ESPN NFL, uh, they were they tried something new this year, and a lot of fans were kind of annoyed uh, annoyed with it as I was, and that's the the coverage of the family tragedies. Like they, they mentioned with T. Higgins, his mom Camilla fought drug addiction for 16 years. Uh, Chanel, the kid, uh, the other wide receiver, they mentioned that his mom had West Nile, you know, uh, disease. I, is is that real? Does it does that matter on uh, on your draft coverage, guys? No, but I think that the NFL sat there and they knew that they were going to have so many more casual fans than normal this year because there is no sports to watch. So they kind of tried to turn it into Olympic coverage, where it's you know twenty okay. percent about the games and fifty percent about the backstory and thirty percent BS. And I think that's kind of what the NFL is trying to do by showing all this tragedy uh, that uh, that these people have gone through is, you know, kind of turn it into a little soap opera. Hey, before we leave, I just wanted to read these names off. This is from, I think, three years ago. These are the outside linebackers for the Wisconsin Badgers. T.J. Watt, Vince Beagle, Jack Sitchi, Garrett Dooley, Zach Bond, and Joe Schobert. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they're all uh, collecting uh, collecting checks. It says, I don't I don't know if Beagle's even in the league anymore. What a great pick that was, Green Bay. Yeah, but uh, Beagle's on the Dolphins, I think. Okay, well, he's not going to make a difference there either. He's no good. But uh, but yeah, that uh, that's one hell of a roster right there. Yeah, certainly is. Mayor Mitch, we certainly appreciate you uh, your help today, and uh, look forward to uh, you're on next week too. Yes, sir. All right, and I want to appreciate uh, say thanks to Dennis Michelson and, of course, Bart Winkler and Eddie Lapine and Larry Janicek for coming on the show. Good luck on that fifth-round draft pick, Packers. We'll talk to you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.